My next guest on Karishma Connect and I have something very much in common. What is it you ask? Well, we are both daughters of construction guys and we have seen buildings come out from the grassroots level, from the foundation to the top, achieving the skies, so many goals, so much hard work, so much determination involved. And we talk about all that and more with Inasal Khatib, who is a project delivery expert. And she's seen the region just like me come above and achieve all its glory that it has so well over the years. And we talk about that journey. We talk about what she learned from her childhood. What is project delivery and why is it so important? Why is it unnoticed? But it's one of those much important stages of any project that you have across any industry. It's a pleasure talking to her and I'm sure you're going to like the episode. It is now out and live across all podcast platforms, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Thanks for loving so far. I can't wait to keep sharing more episodes. Until I see you next, Karishma Connect. So thank you so much, Anas, for joining me today. It's a great pleasure to have you on Karishma Connect. I'm so glad that we're able to do this and I'm really looking forward uh, to everything, all the insights that are coming in, I'm sure. Thank you for the invite and I look forward as well. It's an opportunity that I appreciate. Thank you. Firstly, Inas, and this is something I do on my podcast all the time. I, I think nobody tells their journey better than themselves. So I my first question to you is, tell me about your journey so far and why is it special? What makes it special to be where you are today? Um, that's a very difficult question, to be honest with you. I mean, you might assume that the, the best person to talk about the journey is the owner of the journey himself. But in reality, it's very difficult to kind of reflect on one's journey unless you're kind of stopping your day to day life and, and, and you're remembering all the incidents, like incidents that you've lived and the, the opportunities that you've been exposed to. But my journey is remarkable, least to say. And I, I look at it from that angle, mainly because of all the opportunities. Um, that I was, you know, exposed to in terms of working for various industries. Um, it's not very common that a person has the opportunity to, to move from one industry and the other and, and to work in international, let alone very prestigious national organizations. So that for me was one of the drivers as to why I see the journey thus far has been remarkable. And, and what truly, truly kind of hits a chord with me is the fact that I met a lot of subject matter experts and I've met the type that, you know, the quiet type, the people that don't go around on LinkedIn or um, around in, in, in social platforms or even professional platforms uh, referring to all the achievements that they've done. Yeah. Those quiet type of subject matter experts, uh, Karishma, have always been inspiring, especially when you're having those conversations over a cup of coffee after work or, you know, meeting them casually over weekends and talking about things they've lived. It's just mesmerizing, just, just hearing them out. Um, getting to see what they've been through, how they overcame the challenges and learning from them. I mean, the journey can only be referred to as a remarkable one through the people that you meet in it. It's not through the achievements per se. So that for me was why it's been special. And I've always aspired growing up, getting to meet great minds. I've always been fixated on the minds of folks and what can I learn from them? What can I, what kind of knowledge can I 
grasp from them? How can I enhance myself? I mean, the schooling system is not the only source of enhancement. Work alone within the closed corridors and the project scopes are, are not the only source of growth and, and, and opportunities. It's, it's the people that you deal with. What you learn from them, uh, technical level, on a, on a social level, soft skills, as we always refer to, we love to refer to the word soft skills, even though nobody knows how to define it. But um, that for me made it so special. Absolutely. And tell me something about what you do, because I do know when we spoke, there's a lot of detail into what so I don't want to take away that detail so for the audience. And uh, in a way, what I usually ask on the podcast is, if you were to explain what you do to a five-year-old, how would you explain it? <laughs> uh, that's a very nice way of putting it, to be honest. So if I'm going to explain this to a five-year-old, I will say, you know, I take great ideas of others and make them a reality. And I take a toy that is not working and make it work. That's for a five-year-old. As for your audience of professionals and, you know, um, aspiring um, graduates and those probably, you know, entering into the workforce, I would say I've had the opportunity over the past 15, probably 20 years to work in project management and let alone delivery, something that not every buddy understands so yeah. delivery is probably like a co-ownership of the execution of a project yeah. so you are accountable in a way or another to make it happen to be a, a reality and and to make sure that you're you know you're achieving all what it was supposed to be achieving at the end of the tunnel so that's what i do for a living and that's my expertise over the past years yeah yeah and i very much relate to the uh, to the first part of your job <laughs> you mentioned on going about going on a site and looking at uh, you know the small uh, piece of land becoming a big reality because I'm myself a construction uh, a daughter of a construction project <laughs> so I do know the you know the, the awe that you experience when you see that journey come alive and just and it was the highlight of my evenings and the bonding time with my father, to be honest. It, like when, when I knew that he's gonna go around the sites and, and check out in the evenings, I will just cling to him like no tomorrow. And those were my outings, which is not very typical for a, for a little girl growing up, but um, I'm grateful for those moments and they did shape the personality, so. Yeah, and that's the best part, you know, you're, you're on a journey that's unique, that's, uh different and it's not something and like you said even during our call that you know it's something that people don't often even notice because under this whole overarching uh, project management and project uh, you know the uh, to me the only even when we mention project the first thing is management but little do we even care about how it's being delivered or how it's actually becoming a reality. See, see, there's a there's a misconception out there, um, Karishma, is that, oh, he's a project manager. He tells others what to do. What do they really know? All that stuff. Yeah. Um, reality check. A lot of the project managers, and not it's not optional. It's the reality of what the market is kind of dictating, is that they are technical people. They have to be technical people. They have to understand the scopes, the contracts, the drawings, the designs, the, the, the continuous improvement gurus. Yeah. master black belts out there those are the new era of you know the calibers of the of the project management but the delivery element here is the fact that you will see in design sessions or you will see in discussions the project manager 
sitting next to the operations manager, let's just call them for the sake of the conversation, and they will be debating down to the nitty gritty how a system should be designed or how a workflow should be um, mapped or how a space should be you know, uh, looked into or transformed or how a, a value chain and supply chain needs to be looked into. So delivery is a combinational role of understanding the requirement from an end-to-end -end operational perspective, yeah. followed by the ability to articulate that in the right discussions, aka the technical discussions. And last but not least, keep an eye on and making sure that it's delivered. Now, th that brings, you know, um, the ownership of project is no longer operations dictates and projects deliver. The COVID and the pandemic has made the middle circle, as we think, look, consider those two as two separate circles, the middle area that kind of overlaps both circles is truly the reality of what the market requires. However, you don't see them in books. You don't see them in discussions. We're, we're realizing this is what's being discussed in um, professional settings or, you know, speakers notes or talks or conferences, but that is the reality of what project management and delivery is. It's a combination of both worlds, which the books once upon a time did not touch on. Yes, very true, very true. Both components are very, very important. Tell me, Ines, one thing you like about your approach to achieving growth and one thing you wish you could change about it? Um, growth, you know what, um, growth is a, is a word with, you know, it's a very complicated word for a reason. Growth from the eyes of the beholder is sometimes associated with titles. Others see it as exposure. Others see it as recognition and others see it as money. And sometimes managers see it as a way to keep a good employee put in place and to retain them. I've always seen growth as, as a deep dive into a subject. I like to learn. I yeah. want to know more about something that I was, you know, um, exposed to in a project. Yeah. And then I realized with myself is that, whoa, I, I, I think I don't have what it takes in terms of technical capability to fully grasp that concept or to fully implement something. And I've realized that growth for me is about the additional acquisition of knowledge, regardless of what the knowledge and what type of knowledge in any arena. And, and for me, growth, now let's talk about the, you know, the tactical aspect of it. Moving from one organization to the other has always been my route of growth. Um, mainly because when you're, you know, you're doing a job too good, it becomes very difficult for you know for you to move whether upwards or laterally because who's going to fill your role and it might be multiple roles as a matter of fact but um i've realized that growth is not only growth from a from a monetary perspective or a title perspective it's it's the days of my life that I'm investing in an organization. Am I investing it wisely? Am I learning something new? Am I adding to me as a person, me, yeah. in terms of my mind, in terms of do I, do I relate to an organization, you know, um, that I'm happy to, to be part of? But again, it's a very complicated word. I mean, that's just from my perception that people might see different but mark my words, those people that probably are very good in persuasion, they're able to convince folks 
empower within an organization to grow them faster than others. I mean, life has taught me that over the years, um, they might grow very quickly, but they are the first to fall very quickly because they don't have the technical foundation nor have they invested in themselves to to build a team that allows them to remain within those growth roles, if you want to say. And, And what happens is that they've got the least loyalty to the organizations that they you know work in and and once they achieve that growth opportunity from their perception of course they will be the first looking elsewhere so you don't see tangible results from them you don't see delivery of of meaningful things it's just um, a stage or a um, bus stop for in their careers growth for me is not that growth for me is that no matter where i grow I'm able to take what I've learned in an organization and invest it in another one. Mm. And for that, um, I feel good about it. I truly tag it or categorize it as a, as a true growth. It might for some people who are hearing us consider that as being idealistic. Mm. Everybody deems growth from a different angle. Mm. Growth for me is not somebody promising growth. Growth for me is me working on myself and, and seeing myself grow mentally and technically. So. That's for me what growth looks like. Now, you're responsible for huge project deliveries. How would you, what does accountability mean to you? And, you know, how does one get about achieving that confidence in it? You, of course, have had a journey where it was a part of your childhood. You learned from it. But still, you know, getting that confidence that, okay, I'm going to be delivering this project with so many stakeholders relying on me. How does one kind of navigate that? How did you navigate it? Forget about somebody else navigating it. And what did accountability through this process mean to you all throughout? Very interesting question, Karishma. And um, the first thing that I've trained my mind on is that eliminate fear, fear from start. If something is given to you, somebody has seen something in you. Now, the second thing that I've always believed in when I, you know, take on a project or I'm actually mandated to take on a project or it's just part of the role, whether that project is part of a a program of multiple projects, aka the word mega that we keep on using, or if it's a simple project, they're all the same. It's just the same amount of effort. It's just that how you maneuver yourself around what's needed and and, and deal with people of different backgrounds and, and getting things done. Yeah. Now, would, would you ever think that somebody would like you to tell them what to do? The answer is definitely no. Some would be vocal about it and put hurdles and just push back. I call them the pushbackers. Others might be difficult at the start and, you know, just with time realize that it's nothing to do with any personal interaction. As a matter of fact, it's just getting the work done and they will be the first to get the credit for it and recognition. So the trust becomes, you know, formed. The main thing that I've realized is never be afraid of a project, of of taking on that journey of getting a project done. Now, projects fail, yes. But if you have that mindset of it might not happen, people might be difficult, maybe I'm not going to get the funds, maybe, 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 mm-hmm. nothing gets done. So I've trained myself over the years that if someone mm-hmm. realized that I'm able to do a project, then they've seen something in me. Will I be able to do that? I've programmed my mind with an answer of yes. How? 
you've got to be very flexible about that. So when, when folks come and say the agile, the water flow approach, this and that approach, honestly, there's no one approach that fits all. You just have to be very flexible. At times you are core operation, at times you are just high level bird view monitoring, at times you're in between. But what's most important is that not everybody's gonna like you and not everybody's gonna believe in your role as a lead within a project, but that's okay. That's okay. So I just kind of firmly believe that give it a go, keep on pushing, try. But one thing I would never compromise in any project is respect. I always respected those that work, you know, within any task force or within any project. When even if you disagree with someone, respect has always been that common denominator that I'm not going to compromise off. And if I realize somebody is disrespectful, disrespectful for me or the the team players, then I would typically kind of have to manage that and escalate that and, and figure out a way to eliminate that person from, from being part of the exercise or the project. So um, there's no one fits all. Yeah. Projects are complex at times and easy at times. Some fail, some succeed, but the mindset of a you know, success of the success itself is through the, the lead himself. If yeah. you want something to happen, you will make it happen. You'll find a way. It's just the buy-in, but not everybody's nice and not everybody would want it to succeed. So those you need to be very or extra careful with yes. and make sure that you have remedies for their further you know, minds and remedies for their attitudes. These are difficult attitudes that it's inevitable you're going to have to deal with those folks. In those tough moments wherein you know, you're, you're stuck at a a critical point in the, in the project or there is a hurdle coming your way there's a challenge coming do you ever have those moments where you are in doubt and how do you deal with them then how does a leader like you deal with them so managing project is all about keeping the peace in the house yeah and getting the results for the what i call them as the the, the true leaders in the organization which are it can be on all levels of senior management however um, corporate organizations in today's world are very fixated on defining scopes and they're not very flexible around that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So they will be like investing efforts and, and, and defining scopes of a role that it has probably been the way it was 20 years ago. Yeah. So they're not up to speed as to what the true actual onsite role demands and requires because I don't think any of them has actually sat in that role for a while and observed it so that they would understand fully what it looks like from a scope. So, so much effort happens in organizations around scoping positions mm -hmm. that are way far away from the reality. So what happens is from a project lead perspective, you would want to remain within that scope that was defined for you. Mm -hmm. But the reality of the situations and the challenges are dictating on you is to, you know, pick up yourself and, you know, and take on extras because you know if you don't do that or you don't fill that gap or you do not deliver against those specific activities, you're not going to be able to achieve the end result. And then funny enough, from a co-accountability perspective, you're going to be blamed for not achieving it. Yeah. It's a cap into two situation. It's, um, you're going to encounter people that have no idea what you do. Yeah. but they have the voice to speak about what you do. Exactly. You, you've got people so fixated on defining scopes. In reality, scopes that they don't understand, 
But at the end of the day, the work has to get done and you need to be able to maneuver and fill the gaps and get by the day and not assume that because somebody is a particular role that they know exactly what's supposed to be done or what's supposed to be provided from their role. You just need to make sure that you reiterate over and over. And hence why I said, not all that glitters is gold because you would assume somebody who has reached a specific position or role is fully aware of what a project requirement dictates or fully aware of what every role within a task force in a project requires and understands that the scopes they define are the scopes that are truly needed in real life, but the, the true reality and, and outcome is that's not the case. So you have to be flexible. That's one of the things as well that I've learned over the years. You have to sometimes bypass statements like, but no, we, all that, yeah. you know, yeah. people <laughs> trying to tell you how it should be, but in reality, the real life situations dictates otherwise. And the same time, give people the benefit of the doubt. Yes. Give them the benefit of the doubt. You never know the backgrounds or the level of, of experience that they truly have or the level of knowledge that they truly have. It's just that we deal with individuals based on titles, but the background behind those titles are not necessarily what adds value to the project. So you have to be very emotionally intelligent and, and smart enough to, to put those and, and make the best of what you've got, I guess, is the right statement. What makes the regional landscape different and how do you think we as a region can evolve? from your standing? So I've, I've been blessed to be part of so many industries and, and the most recent one is, is, is probably my dream job for so long. However, our regional landscape has, has incredible, incredible opportunities for innovation. I mean, investments, change, we're located geographically in, 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 a, in an awesome, awesome location. The best the, place. Yeah, I mean, every, we're close to everyone and, and everybody. Um, the infrastructure is so strong. I mean, look around you yeah. compared to the countries that we visit. Technological advancements, I am all pro-technology and we are equipped. We are ready to be pioneers in many industries and, and set the tone for the entire region, let alone the world. So I'm very optimistic and I think we are attracting the right minds and we have capabilities whether you know in local capabilities or even expatriate capabilities within within the region and the current landscape so very it's nothing true. but good coming. very true absolutely agreed what is your mantra for choosing a project first of all is there a mantra at all and if even if there isn't basically what's your approach to choosing a particular project and making it a success. What makes you go for it? I know you said that sometimes it comes to you, you have to just make the best out of it. But even then, um, what makes you believe in it then in that case? I'll be very honest with you, Karishma. There's no choice. So whether you're in an organization, you get mandated by the projects that are on your plate and in your portfolio. and. Yeah. Experience has made me realize from, from day one of the dialogue when it kicks off and, and we talk about projects, whether it's a small project, whether it's a transformation project or a change project or any sort of project, construction related, renovation, any project out there, I can sense that it, it, there's a probability of it being a success or not. And I make sure that I highlight that to the champion or the executive champions in the house. 
Um, does it come across nicely? Not necessarily, but you've done your role. And my mantra you can say is like, keep on trying, even if you end up failing. I mean, what's the harm? Yeah. That's always been my, my mindset. As long as I keep them informed and, and with years of, of execution and um, in projects, not every executive champion is willing to, to listen to the difficulties. So always come with solutions in the house. Yeah. This is the problem, but here's the solution I've already implemented with the respective teams. And that will make them accepting whether a project is, is, a, is a A or an A, as you say. So and that changes the game, as they say. It yeah. does very much. Yes. I think that I think that's where your optimistic uh, approach really works because uh, you know, like they say, you you may not get everything that you like, but to kind of see pass through it and be able to do it anyways and learn from that journey i think even those journeys are very enriching to kind of you know move forward in uh, in your be it your career be it your life i think even the downfalls kind of and on my last podcast somebody told me they said you know you have to be very accepting of failure you have to oh, very accept much. failure and but, but what is failure though karishma i mean exactly some people that. feel that if they lose their job it's a failure others feel that if they lose a dime it's a failure others feel if they lose a you know what's really important in life a family member whether through a divorce or other social situations that's a failure failure is subjective it yeah. all depends on how a person perceives a failure for me failure is the fact the fear of not trying the fear of not trying, the fear of not speaking up, the fear of not asking, that for me, um, I, I think is the true failure. Yeah. Does yeah. that give you, um, does that make you, you know, into trouble or like create enemies for you or anxieties at times? Yes. Yeah. But life is just too short. And I think COVID has showed us that it's, it's way too short. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this podcast, then do give us a follow and tune into our next episode as well. If you wish to watch the videos on YouTube, you can check them out at Karishma Connect and give us a follow on Instagram at Karishma Vallate. Thank you again.